Today on the show, we pet giraffes, say goodbye to personal agency, and face the darkness head on. podcast that explores the stories, characters, and universes of our favorite video games. I'm Lawrence. And I'm Connor. And uh, today we are back at it again, hence again, for, <laughs> <laughs> for a very special episode. That's right. It is the finale of season one of HBO's The Last of Us television adaptation of the beloved video game. And uh, yeah, all roads lead to this. You know, we're... Uh, <laughs> We're uh, we're saying goodbye to uh, to this 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 leg of the story, man. It's been it's been a hell of a ride, and what a f- what an ending we had. It blew all of my uh, expectation. I mean, this whole series blew all of my expectations out of the water, especially oh, sure. with smashing a game into one season and making it good. So, yeah, I know we we've been like trading ideas back and forth, like how are they going to make this work in one season, like in nine nine episodes especially considering that you know we knew ahead of time that episode nine the finale here would be like only 45 minutes we're like how are they going to fit everything so but no they pulled it off like you said they, they crammed it all in but it didn't feel crammed like it felt like they really hit on everything they needed to hit on so yeah it's been it's been a very satisfying season and uh they finished strong with uh this episode titled look for the light yes with the darkest montage in tv history Oh my god! Yes, uh, yeah. That that last five minutes or so, I was edge of my seat. It was it was a lot. But before we get into that, as always, <laughs> we've got some housekeeping. So, right, you know, we would love to hear from our listeners. So, you know, email us, send us your your thoughts on this episode, any questions, uh, send them to podcast at loreparty dot com, and uh, we'll get back to you. That's that's what I can count. That's what I can promise you. We'll get back to you. <laughs> <laughs> count on that. We will respond. We we obsessively pour over our inboxes and look for <laughs> new messages. <laughs> and if you want to get in touch with us directly, uh, you can find Lawrence on Twitter and Twitch at produced by underscore LK. That's again at produced by underscore LK. Yes. And you can find Connor on Twitter at Connor Howard VO, that is Connor with an ER. Mm-hmm. And you can check out his website at Connor Howard VO, that again is Connor with an ER. So that's right. Check us out, stalk us, do yep. whatever. <laughs> <laughs> we won't bite. Yeah, come at us. And uh, of course, if you want to connect with the entire Lore Party team, you can get in touch with us on Instagram, Twitter, and Twitch at Lore underscore party. But it looks like we're coming up on a hospital right now. So we're going to take a quick break and try not to die. Oh, we'll see you at St. Mary's. Yes. (laughs) Okay, we're back. And before we begin our episode breakdown, our recap of episode nine, the season finale of of season one of The Last of Us, titled Look for the Light. Uh, Before we get into all that, 
we're going to give you a once and only uh, spoiler warning. If you haven't watched this episode yet, now's the time to pause and uh, go get caught up to avoid any spoilers. Because from this point on, we'll be going over everything. Yes. So you've been warned. Yes. We're going to be uh, with with extreme, extreme detail. That's right. So now that you've been warned, let's get into it. Yes. So, um, you know, as our as our final episode of season one begins, we see a pregnant woman who is played by Ashley Johnson, who played Ellie in the show as a or she in the game. Yes, she played (laughs) Ellie in the game. I got mixed up there. Yes. So we see a familiar (laughs) face, Ashley Johnson running through the woods um, and, uh, you know, she's trying to outpace an infected that we can hear in the distance. And she is pregnant as hell. <laughs> yeah. Like the, the speed she's moving at about to pop. Like she is like, yeah, she's very, very pregnant. So it's like, and, man, that's, that's impressive running that fast. Yeah. It is definitely not recommended by doctors. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so she makes it to this farmhouse, uh, but finds that the people she was looking for aren't there. And, um, you know, she starts to climb the stairs. And as she climbs the stairs, she sees that her water is broken. So she is like at the maximum amount of pregnancy that you can be at. <laughs> yeah, it's it's happening now. Ready or not, here it comes. <laughs> and you can and, and this like infected that is just still not like taking the hint. So it's still pursuing her. Uh, and so she barricades herself into the second story room. And, you know, the, the infected is busted into the house now. And it's just knocking at the door and it just busts down the room that she's in. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, this pregnant woman fights her off. Uh, She reaches for the switchblade that she had that she dropped uh, right before the scuffle. And then she stabs this infected woman to death. Yeah. And so, like, at the time she does this, she realizes that in the scuffle, she's given birth to a baby and was bitten on the thigh. (sighs) A lot has happened in 30 seconds or so. <laughs> this was, yeah, this was, this was intense. Um, talk about bad timing. Yes. Oh shit. I had a kid. Oh shit. I'm infected. <laughs> yeah. No, it, just imagine the shock, the terror, the adrenaline wearing off. You've, you've just, you know, stabbed this infected person to death. You've, you've given birth while fighting for your life. And then, yeah, she sees like a bite mark on her thigh basically. And so. Uh, a horrible situation to be in. Uh, the woman, you know, she acts quick, though. She she thinks fast, and she cuts through the umbilical cord with her knife. You know, kind of like, I guess the logic is the infection could spread through the umbilical cord in, in a short time. So trying to head that off at the past, she cuts the cord and holds her baby. Um, but, like, she's kind of coming to terms with, I've just given birth, but I'm not going to be around to see my kid grow up because uh, I've, I've, been, I've been bit. So, you know, she's holding this little tiny baby girl, her newborn daughter. And, you know, she's just cherishing the moments she has with her newborn while she can, you know, just kind of showing it love while she can. And of course the baby cries as newborns do. And the mother, you know, I I love this because it's like you immediately uh, imprint a personality onto your kid. You just kind of like, she holds her baby up and she says, you fucking tell them Ellie. So she's she has named her baby and sort of gotten to know her in these few precious few moments, and she's just holding holding her kid close and starts crying and it's it's this it's it, this was such an intense opening. It's such a combination of joy and you know grief mixed into one. It's kind of saying hello and saying goodbye 
within within minutes. It's uh it's a lot. And and Ashley Johnson does an incredible job of this of this scene. Just it's it's you're you're play, you're playing off of yourself as an actor in a scene like this. You're playing off yourself and you're sort of projecting onto a, a newborn kid. It's it's it was it was a it was a palpable scene. Heart wrencher. Yep. And they used a real baby. So <laughs> did they really? Yeah, they, yeah, they used to. Uh, that was a real baby. <laughs> wow, I didn't know that. <laughs> I, I just assumed animatronic or something, but no, it, it was it was lifelike. So. Yeah, that was uh, Ashley Johnson said that was her first uh, pregnant scene, and they used a real baby. So I was wow. like, big day for everybody. Yeah, really. Like, baby's gonna watch <laughs> this in like ten years and be like, what the fuck? <laughs> Yeah, like, that's you. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> you don't remember it, but that was you. Yeah, we, we had this whole thing. They paid us fifty bucks. <laughs> <It's just> like... <laughs> yeah, I, I hope it was more than fifty. I hope that baby got union rates. Honestly, let's let's be clear about. Yeah, that. like <laughs> his parents were like, we already spent the money, so don't ask. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. oh man. So later that night, you know, we see a group of three fireflies, including Marlene. And she's coming to the farmhouse um, and she finds it locked and you know, they enter and they search the house and they hear the the, the uh, new mother singing to her baby. And then we find out the lady's name is Anna, which uh, this this whole story, we knew Ellie's mom's name from the game. But this whole like backstory was something new that I think was originally intended, but was cut. Um and so they find Anna in the same room, holding Ellie in one hand and holding a knife to her neck with the other hand. And the bite at this point has already kind of taken hold and looks bad. And Anna tells Marlene that, like, she didn't want to nurse a hungry Ellie because of her bite. Uh, and Anna lies and says that she cut the umbilical cord before she was bitten. And when Marlene questions this, Anna doubles down with the statement because, I mean, knowing Marlene, Marlene would have shot the baby because, you know. Yeah, it's Marlene's the kind of person you know that she doesn't take chances like that. So I think Anna knows that. Yeah. That's why she's so insistent. Like, no, they don't. Yeah, it's even though. Trust me, I, I thought of everything. I cut it before I was bitten. It, yeah, I was like, I was gonna say, even though like, like you did cut this with the dirty knife like let's not even <laughs> oh that's <too, yeah. laughs> like let's not like even if you didn't get infected you did cut the umbilical cord with the knife that you killed somebody with that's just bad right but you know we'll, we'll move past that <laughs> so, <laughs> so anna tells marlene she wants you know wants her to take ellie to boston and find someone that'll bring her up and make sure she's safe and marlene says she can't do that but anna keeps going saying that uh, saying she wants Ellie to have her switchblade, which like mm -hmm. also in this scene, I got nervous because they put the switchblade on the baby and covered the baby. And I was like, what the switchblade <laughs> opens up on the baby? <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe let's not, you know, bundle or swaddle our newborns in the, in a blanket with a knife that's spring loaded. Yeah, like <laughs> I, let's not I was sitting there. I was like, but the knife might like, I was like, you might stab the baby in the chin. <laughs> oh, that's, that is not good knife safety. Not at all. And so, Anna has, you know, obviously already named her newborn daughter, and she tells Marlene this, her, you know, the baby's name is Ellie, and, uh, you know, I want you to take her. And Marlene is insistent, like, this is not something I'm willing to do. Marlene's kind of drawing a line, like, I, I can't, I can't be responsible for this baby. You know, this is a lot, right? You're, you're putting a lot on me right now, right. which, to be fair, you know, Anna kind of is, but uh, to, to be fair to Anna also, like, this is kind of, this is one of those situations where it's like, I'm your best friend. And this is the last thing I'll ask of you because Anna 
Anna asks Marlene, how long have we known each other? And Marlene answers, our whole lives. So we're learning here that they, these two go way back. They have a bond. And Anna kind of, yeah, like like I said, makes that makes that ultimatum. Like, I'm, this is the only thing I'll ever ask of you from now on. It's like, you know, this is my last wish, basically. It's my dying wish. And Anna says, you, you're, you're going to pick up Ellie right now. You're going to pick her up. You're going to take her with you. And you're going to kill me. And, you know, because, again, Anna knows she's infected. She doesn't have much time left. And Marlene doesn't say anything. She just takes Ellie, takes the baby, and walks away, leaves her lifelong friend saying, I can't kill you. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to do it. And as Marlene walks away, Anna's pleading, just, just begging, sobbing, like, please put me out of my misery. Don't, don't, don't let me turn. Don't leave me like this. And um, Marlene walks out into the hallway outside the room and hands Ellie, baby Ellie, off to one of her guys, one of her other fireflies, and she tells him to cover the baby's ears. And the guy doesn't do yeah, it. Yeah, no, yeah. That dude is just like, huh, what? He's like, wait, what's happening yeah. right now? I don't think he has time to process what's being asked of him. Yeah, he's like, is this a uh, baby? And it's just like everything else. He's like, womp, womp, womp. Yeah. He's like, what are you handing me right yeah, now? Yeah, I'll take care of a baby. This isn't mine. Yeah, this is probably a world where, you know, you're not you're not spending a lot of time around a lot of babies, I'm guessing. <laughs> so, it's like, and so, who the fuck had a baby now? <laughs> like, yeah, right. He's so confused by that. <laughs> Where'd this come from? <laughs> so, yeah, so Marlene hands off baby little newborn Ellie, and then she walks back into the room. But this time, walking back in, it's quickly and with purpose. She's striding back in. I like that, like, Merle Dandridge, amazing piece of physical acting here because she walks out of the room, walks away from Anna holding baby Ellie, very despondent and reluctant and just kind of taking her steps slowly, thoughtfully overwhelmed is how she seemed walking out of the room. But then walking, it's like when she got, when she walked back into the room, it was like, she's a different person. She was suddenly in charge, decisive and just strides right up to Anna and shoots her in the head before, you know, anyone can second guess. It's just a snap decision. That's what has to happen. So that's, that's the Marlene we know is, you know, just take charge take no prisoners um and she has resolved herself to end her friend's suffering yeah i'm just glad she didn't kill her friend while holding the baby and just yeah that would have been awkward like i can't i can't do all of those things at the same time like we're gonna have to make a to-do list here really quickly right if if i'm gonna shoot you i need to not be holding your kid yeah like something (laughs) something about that just doesn't sit right with me man yeah one thing at a time (laughs) got a whole list of demands here damn (laughs) really and so um you know as marlene takes uh you know takes the crying ellie or takes back the crying ellie we cut to ellie in the present day and she's basically in her own world uh Mm -hmm. just zoned out i imagine still processing the whole david situation um and joel is calling out to her and like he's super excited because he found some really old ass cans of chef boyardee Hell yeah, boy, RD. The, the good stuff. Yeah, the, the, the absolute food of the apocalypse. Their marketing team is like, yes, ship boy, RD, motherfuckers. It's going to be around way after you guys are dead. 20 years, no problem. Right. Still edible. Don't worry right. about it. If you die, someone else will eat it. It's the gift that keeps on giving. So, like, he, he finds Chef Boy RD and Boggle, which. 
is like as as the Gen Z. This is like a really mid discovery, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> as as the kids would say, the, these things he's pulling out, he's he's showing to her are not exactly bussing. Yeah, no, not not uh, at all. I <laughs> not not at all. He goes Chef RD and Boggle. I was like, God, this is like this is when you look at your parents and you're like, Are we poor? So, <laughs> and then they just nod back. <laughs> but uh, yeah. <laughs> But like yeah, he's like, hey, we could play this together, and it was it, it was sweet because like Joel is opening up now, and it's so awkward mm-hmm. because this guy's been closed off for forty billion years. You're so right. like he's just like, hey, here's this stuff. I know you'll like it, and then mm-hmm. she's still kind of zoned out. But um, yeah, you know, uh, Ellie can like hardly muster this the excitement at all. She's yeah. just quiet as hell, and like right. Joel tells her that they're getting close to the hospital. And, you know, it it may be the one that they're looking for. And, you know, they, they keep walking down this interstate. And Joel points out that a nearby RV he checked out had a guitar. And while it was smashed up, he thinks that he maybe he should go find one. Because if he finds one, then he can possibly teach Ellie how to play. Going back mm-hmm. to his whole promise about singing for her, too, and everything. And, um, right. you know, he's trying to like get her attention. And she's just kind of like, eh, 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 smiling faintly. Yeah, and right. and then like he asks her, hey, would you like to learn how to play the guitar? And she's just basically like lost in her head. And and then she mm-hmm. gives like a really delayed ass response. And it's like, yeah, that's great. And Joel just knows something is off, which it's obvious. She's just kind of just dazed right now. Yeah, she's she's not really there. She's somewhere else. Um, and yeah, this this was an interesting role reversal because throughout most of their journey, Ellie's been the talkative one, the excitable one, and Joel's the one who is stoic and distant and uh, not ready to, not very conversational. So it's yeah, the, the the roles have swapped a little bit, and so they're, they're they're they keep making their way deeper into Salt Lake City, and Joel is about to explain what he what he thinks they should do next, but before he can even get into it, Ellie kind of just cuts him off and finishes his thought, and she says. Let me guess. We're gonna go find a building, go up, go up to the high ground, and have a look around. Because uh, you know she knows she knows the playbook at this point. Oh yeah. <laughs> but Joel says, "No, actually, I was thinking uh, we could blow up the rubble in our way with the dynamite I found in that RV back there." <laughs> <laughs> and Ellie looks at him, and you know she's like, "Are you are you serious?" And he goes, "No, but I had you going for a minute there, didn't I?" So again, this is like a different Joel we're seeing. He's he's in a jokester mood all of a yeah. sudden. He's he's ready to. You know, crack wise and, you know, have some fun with Ellie, which again, it's like after last episode, when they find when they fully cemented their bond with each other and decided to rely on each other 100 uh, percent. This is this is Joel waking up or kind of opening up and treating Ellie like his daughter in, in a lot of ways. And so, you know, again, the, 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 the plan remains the same. Find a building, get up top, get some high ground, have a look around. And so, uh, yeah, but even though Joel is now this changed man, really, he's, he's more open, he's more, uh, you know, he's less closed off, he's ready to joke around, Ellie is still giving him nothing. She's still not quite all there with him. She's somewhere else. She's um, occupied and, you know, not giving much of a response. Oh, yeah. And this kid has gone through a lot, so it's just oh, it's yeah. like it, it, this it, this scene. It's like I just I feel bad for everybody. <laughs> so I was like, really, yeah, no, it's yeah. been so much shit. And so yeah. you know they make their way into the building, and and Joel says he'll give Ellie a boost to a ladder, 
uh, on the next floor, which is the game mechanic. Just like the game, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> game people eating good. <laughs> Except he should have said, like, let's say we go into a building, we'll find a bunch of scissors. And <laughs> just... I'll shoot some infected, I'll, I'll strangle some infected, and uh, I'll blow up a few guys with nail bombs, and then, yeah, we'll move yeah. on. <laughs> There's, like, a whole army in here. And it's like, you know, but Ellie, like, they boost Ellie up, or, well, they go to, you know, put this boosting plan into motion, but Ellie's just not paying attention. And then Joel finally is like, hey, you know, are you okay? Um, You've been extra quiet. And Ellie apologizes and, um, you know, is still still quiet. She just apologizes like, oh, sorry. Um, And Joel says it's fine. And, you know, they continue on their way. And as Joel helps Ellie up to the um, second floor, she gets the ladder and then is instantly distracted by something and drops the ladder. Not on Joel, but basically at him. And kind of, yeah, <laughs> it keeps going. And uh, yeah. which, yeah, I was, that was that I thought that was just funny. Basically, which, yeah, if you've ever held a ladder for your dad while he fixed something or did something, you know, you fucked up when you drop. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Hold it steady. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I just imagine him just like, God damn it. What the fuck? <laughs> Dang it, Bobby. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Something. That was amazing. <laughs> Dang it, Bobby. That girl ain't right. Damn it. <laughs> so like you know he he starts he basically just like starts chasing her he follows up the the flights of of uh or he yeah he follows her he goes up the ladder follows her up these like flights of stairs and shit and she's running he's old so you know he's it's, it's probably frustrating to have to to mm-hmm. run um but when he finally catches up to ellie he finds you know they find a giraffe walking outside What's great about this draft is that it's not CGI. So take that, Internet. Yeah. You find yeah. a real baby yes. earlier, real giraffe. Now. Yes. This yeah. episode, they had the budget. That's why it was 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Cutting no right. corners. We have a whole baby and a giraffe. We don't have time for anything else here. <laughs> I got it. Like, I acquired this giraffe illegally. We got to return it. And this is <laughs> also the baby. <laughs> stole a baby, That's stole right. a giraffe. Let's make yeah, it Yeah, we got to go. Uh, but it's like, so, you know, he finds this, they find this giraffe and like Ellie is just like fucking excited and it's like mm-hmm. walking around outside and, and they stand at this hole that's just bas- basically been blasted out of this building. And, um, you know, Joel walks up to it and Ellie is afraid that Joel's going to scare it off, but he pulls off some leaves uh, and he gives the leaves to Ellie to feed the giraffe. And like, this is a very father moment because this man is like capitalized. He's like, I've been given my best material all day. Like the chef Boyardee <laughs> didn't work. The boggle didn't work. Like the my. She's been a tough guy. Right, my dynamite joke almost hit, but it didn't. It fell flat. So like, fuck it. We're feeding the giraffe. <laughs> like, Whatever it takes. And it just, he was like, you know, he did it. Like, you know, she laughed. And then, and um, like, she becomes this kid again. And uh, Joel is just like watching her and smiles like this has he's like, yeah, yeah. this is his I did it moment. Yeah, she's finally seeing her face light up. That's like what he's been waiting for all day. And uh, that's that's what that's what a parent lives for, really. Yeah. And so they they have this moment with the giraffe. They both really appreciate it. And the, the giraffe starts, you know, the giraffe has its fill, has eaten enough leaves and then it starts to walk away. Ellie chases after it and they just kind of follow the giraffe further into the building and they go up another flight of stairs, come out onto another rooftop 
and then they're looking out over a, a vast landscape. It looks like an overgrown baseball stadium or something like that. It's this beautiful, verdant landscape, like completely covered in vegetation. And that's when we also see that the giraffe wasn't alone. There was an entire herd of giraffes just roaming around, grazing, being giraffes, doing their thing, you know, just not a care in the world. It's beautiful. Jeffrey, giraffe, and crew. And, yeah, Jeffrey, <laughs> Jeffrey and crew, yeah. <laughs> so Joel and Ellie are just watching and just admiring the view. And, you know, it's it, there's a call back to episode two, Infected, where when back when they were in Boston and looking at the uh, Capitol building, Joel asks the same question. He says, is it everything you hoped for? And Ellie says, well, it's got its ups and downs, but you can't deny that view. Straight from the game. Yep. Great moment. Loved how they pulled that. And, uh, you know, it makes Joel kind of reflective. He's thinking back to how far they've come and, you know, they're, they're sharing this moment together and he kind of starts broaching the elephant in the room, kind of the, the uncomfortable subject about where they're heading. And he says, I don't know if we're going to find this hospital or not. You know, we, we could find it, but, you know, it's going to be risky. It's going to be, it's, you know, it's always dangerous out there. I don't know what could be between us and the hospital. And Ellie says, well, we're still here. You know, we, we're doing okay so far, basically. And, um, you know, Joel's like, yeah, but I'm just saying we don't have to do this is what he's kind of putting out. He's he that's the lifeline he's giving Ellie. Like, we don't have to go through with this if you don't want to. Yeah. And Ellie's, you know, like, well, what else are we going to do? This is why we're here. And Joel says, well, we can just go back to Tommy's. We can forget all this, go back to Tommy's place, back to Jackson and have a life there. We can just kind of be ourselves back there. And so he's giving her an out. But in reality, like I think we all understand the subtext here is that he's kind of giving himself the out. Like Joel isn't sure he wants to go through with this, and he's trying to convince Ellie that they don't have to do this. But but Ellie's decided. She's she is adamant. It, her mind's made up that after everything they've gone through, everything she's done, everything he's done, everything they've gone through together, she says, and I quote, "It can't be for nothing." This is how she puts it, and she says, "You know, I know you mean well, and you've protected me, and." You've gone, you've looked out for me. When we're done here, we'll go wherever you want. She tells him, she says, we can go to Tommy's, that sheep ranch you wanted, the moon, wherever. So, and this, this is also very poignant. She says something important here too. She says, I'll follow you wherever you want to go. So it's like Joel and Ellie are tied at the hip now. If, if he helps her see this through, she'll follow him wherever. That's the agreement. But her her mind again is made up. She she says there's no halfway with this. They have to finish what they started. And again, I like I like I referred to, Joel is still reluctant about this. He's not sure he wants to go through with this, but he accepts it. He accepts what she's saying and they head back out toward the hospital. They, they resume their journey. And then on on, you know, the way there, they find this outdoor medical center that's been abandoned. Uh, and Joel says like, this wasn't Federa. This was something that the army set up. They were doing like emergency medical camps in the days after the outbreak. Um, and he was actually in a place like this. Um, and Ellie asked, you know, if it was with Sarah, which is like a big question. Cause it's like hard to talk about Sarah with Joel in general. Yeah. And so the fact that she could just ask that and Joel answers and he's like, mm-hmm. no, um, she was gone already. So, yeah. So like that is him directly addressing the death. Like she was already That's big. That's a lot of progress. Yeah. So yeah. man has made man has made a lot of progress in three episodes, which is like the equivalent of <laughs> For sure. five weeks or some shit. Uh <laughs> <laughs> he's, right. he's opening up. And yeah. and um you know 
Ellie, Ellie asks, like, um, like, why was he here? Then, like, what was wrong with him? And uh, Joel says it was for this, the you know, the scar on his head. And Ellie mentions that uh, she thought it was uh, thought it was from a guy that shot Joel and missed. And she figured that that happened like a lot later. But Joel says, nope, it happened on the second day and that he was the guy who shot and missed. So Joel just opens up about uh, basically attempting to kill himself. Yeah. Yeah. So this was definitely a big, important pin drop moment where, you know, they're actually walking while Joel says this and Ellie stops dead in her tracks and turns around to look at him. And so, yeah, this was a this was a big reveal. Um, And for me, it was like especially big because this is not something that was explicitly done in the video games. And in the game, you know, I think I think you can see some implications that Joel may have attempted suicide at some point, but it was never explicit like it is here in the show. I, I guess I'll say one quick example is it in the Pittsburgh chapter of the game where they come across, they're in the hotel, I think, making their way through the hotel, and they come across a scene where someone, it looks like someone had killed themselves in a bathtub. There's a skeleton in a bathtub. And I think Ellie makes some comment about, quote unquote, taking the easy way out or some, something along those lines. And Joel says, trust me, it's not as easy as you think. And so, like, there are moments in the game that could lead you to think maybe maybe Joel tried to do something like this, but it was never explicit. Like, here in the show, he's coming out and saying it. Yeah. Which, like, you know, we'd said earlier, him openly talking about Sarah, big change, big progress. And him admitting to trying to shoot himself, also big. Yeah. And so, yeah. And so they, they sit down, like, they, they sit down to have a conversation about it. And Joel says, well, there's really no story. There's no big you know, idea behind it. It's just that Sarah died and I couldn't see the point anymore. That's all he says. Simple as that. He says, I wasn't scared. I was ready. I couldn't have been more ready. But when he went to pull the trigger, though, he flinched and he still doesn't know why. He can't tell Ellie, like, I don't know why I flinched when I took the shot. He gets ready to tell Ellie why he's sharing all this with her, but she's, but she's, she just says back, I already know why. And then she says, um, Time heals all wounds, I guess. And Joel says, it wasn't time that did it. And they just, they just meet eye. They make eye contact. They look at each other. And there's an understanding between them that Joel meeting Ellie is what helped heal the wound. Yep. Him, you know, She is the missing piece that helped him move past what happened to him. And uh, <clears throat> Joel is you know, tearing up a little bit. He wipes, wipes his tears away. And and Ellie's like looking at him with a deep understanding, like she's finally fully, f- fully absorbing what she means to him. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, they, they both definitely need a mood lightener after this. So uh, Joel says, you know what I'm in the mood for? Some shitty puns. <laughs> Ellie is more than prepared with her uh, no pun intended volume two book. And uh, she starts rattling off some terrible jokes and you know they're 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 back to normal like it's it's like you know they had a heavy conversation he bared his soul about something traumatic and she was there for him and then they went right back to business as usual just laughing together and you know living life together and so as they walk on toward the hospital you know back on the road again telling jokes they don't realize they they don't notice that a, a group of men are moving behind them a group of armed fellas who move in behind them and these guys come and sneak up behind Joel and Ellie and they throw a flashbang grenade uh, right at their feet, which goes off. And, you know, as the name implies, it's a blinding flash, deafening bang. Joel and Ellie are both stunned 
and uh, Ellie's taken. They just grab her up and drag her away. And uh, meanwhile, Joel gets slammed in the head with the butt of a gun and he's out like a light. Yeah, they just didn't like those puns. <clears throat> they really didn't like those puns. <laughs> they were like, that joke sucked. Bam! <laughs> I'm, I'm going to throw a flashbang. Like, I was just like, this is a man and a child. Like, you could at least point your gun and be like, hey, who the fuck are yeah. you guys? Right. Yeah. What happened to freeze, don't move? Like, it was just an immediate, like, take them out. Yeah, it's like, hey, guys, you know what would be good in this situation? Flashbang. When are we ever going to get to use that again? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like to think they just had a bunch of flashbangs sitting around. Like, we're never going to use all these. Yeah. Come on, just <laughs> why not? Like somebody just had a bet. Like I told you I was going to use that flashbang before the end of the day. <laughs> you owe me a can of bacon. Yeah. <laughs> Even better, we found Chef Boyardee, guys. Score! Oh, yeah. Beefaroni, hell yeah. <laughs> and so like they drag Joel away and Ellie away. And Joel wakes up. The first thing he sees is a Firefly logo. And then he hears, welcome to the Fireflies. And it's Marlene. Back again. And so Joel's laying on a ho- in a hospital room and Marlene says that the patrol didn't know who they were, hence the gun to the head, I guess, and the flashbang. I didn't know who you were, so I yeah. flashbanged you. Oh, well, that's okay. Yeah, yeah that yeah. explains oh, everything. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no worries then, man. <laughs> I'm like, which one of you motherfuckers did this? <laughs> Just Who yeah, was it? Which, which one? <laughs> so like, Joel asks, you know, where Ellie is. And Marlene says that she isn't hurt. And she was mostly worried about Joel. And mm. so that's not a non-answer. And Joel asks Marlene again. And she deflects mm. again. Mm-hmm. Asking Joel like how he was able to get Ellie across the country. And Joel says it was all Ellie. And um, like he says like specifically like she fought like hell to get here, which they pulled straight from mm. the video game. Mm. And then Marlene uh, you know, praises him, saying she would have been dead on day one. I mean, because the fireflies suck. It would, have, it would have been waxed on day one. That's just what it never, we never got this far. True. Yeah. And so she says that Joel was the one person that she never wanted to be in debt to, but Marlene, you know, owes him now. And, um, all of the fireflies do, which is a weird thing to say for what happens next. <laughs> it was, it was a, it was kind of like a backhanded compliment. Like you're, you're an asshole, but you're, you're like a useful asshole. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> this is what she's kind of saying. Um, but yeah, so Marlene's being evasive about where Ellie is, but that's all Joel wants to know is like, where is she? Is she okay? I want to see her. She just, you know, he's, he's a worried father at this point. He's like, well, I want to, I want to see her. And Marlene says, you can't see Ellie. She's being prepped for surgery. So that's a, that's a big thing to throw out there. And she starts to explain, like she's giving Joel some context. She says, our doctor thinks that the cordyceps has grown with her since birth and that it doesn't ex- it doesn't attack her and turn her because it thinks she's also a cordyceps strain, which is why she's immune. So it's kind of like she, she has like the vaccine effect, basically. It's like a false positive where like the, the fungus doesn't read her as non-infected. So uh, Marlene says our doctor is going to remove the cordyceps growth from her. Uh, multiply the cells, you know, kind of replicate the effect and reproduce the chemical messengers that have kept Ellie conscious, like not infected, kept her alive all this time. And basically Marlene and her doctor jointly, uh, jointly believe this could be the cure. This is what they wanted. This is what they've been after. And so, but all Joel really hears 
is the idea of Ellie going into surgery and his realization that cordyceps grows inside the brain, like all over a person's brain, in their brain stem, on their spine. So it's kind of like he's he's putting two and two together. You can't remove the cordyceps from Ellie and have her live through it. And so Marlene doesn't bullshit him this time. She, you know, she tells him straight, like, yes, Ellie will save the world by helping us create this vaccine, but she will die in the process. So it's out there. There it is. <clears throat> yep. <sighs> Fucking fireflies. And so <laughs> I know, man. And so Joel tells tells Marlene to find someone else, like right away. Mm-hmm. Marlene mm-hmm. says there is no one else. Uh and that this is the best part is they didn't tell Ellie uh, what was happening. And that way she won't feel any pain, even though we're going to oh put God. her under. So you wouldn't feel any pain. Then. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, it's, it's such a weird. Yeah. So, yeah, they, they're just like, yeah, we're just going to do this surgery, super invasive surgery that's going to kill her. And she's not going to know. So she's just going to go to sleep. <laughs> and so like, yeah. like Joel, Joel's like, you know, demands to be taken to her. And then a firefly, one of the people that are, you know, in debt to Joel, hits him and <laughs> hits him with a gun again. And they knock him, they knock him on all fours. And Joel begs, like, this is a man that, this is Joel, the most hardened person that's left on the earth. Uh, he is begging um, and says, like, uh, and, and, and says, please, um, you know, that Marlene doesn't understand. And Marlene says that she does understand. She was there when Ellie was born. And she promised her mother uh, that she'd save her child. So I'm like, I guess that makes you understand. But you didn't take the most awesome road trip ever, and you left her in a uh, you you, le- you left her in a Federa uh, orphanage. But you know, hey, whatever. True. Yeah. And so yeah. like, you know, Marlene is the only one that understands. That's that's the the thing where I was like, all right, yeah, you you're uh, talking like a Sith. What do they say? Only Sith <laughs> dealing absolutes. <laughs> dealing <in> absolutes <laughs> yeah. there, yeah. Right. And so like. You know, but Joel states, um, or, or Marlene, you know, uh, Marlene's the only one that um, understands and she apologizes, but she has no other choice. And mm-hmm. Joel states that uh, he does have a choice. Uh, realizing what this means, though, you know, Joel being the person that Joel is, Marlene is like, oh, I have something for you, motherfucker. So uh, <laughs> they basically, she tells her goons to take him to the highway and leaves him, you know, like, leaves him his backpack and gives him Ellie's switchblade. They're like, once he's out there, give him the switchblade. That way he's got a little thing to remember Ellie by. But if Joel tries anything, you should shoot him. Remember, these people owe him. <laughs> yeah, they're they're showing their gratitude so so graciously right now. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna let you live. We're gonna let you walk away through life. And uh God. Here's a switchblade. <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. marlene knows again like the you know the comment earlier the last guy that she would want to be in debt to she knows who she's dealing with here this is a this is a rough customer so she's not taking any chances with him so joel is led away by two of marlene's men and they push him along through the hospital down the hallways and joel seems to be like in a bit of a daze like he's kind of looking like glancing around like thinking this through he's a little uh on the back foot, but as they're leading him through the hospital, he looks like he's starting to put a plan together. He's looking around, gathering clues. He looks at the, you know how hospitals have like floor signs. They say like what number floor of uh, you know each department's on and whatnot. So he's kind of observing his surrounding. Eventually, 
the guys take him into a stairwell and they start walking him down the stairs. Joel, you know, he, he realizes this is, this is the moment. It's a confined space. He's, you know, in close, con- close contact with both of them. So he, he picks this moment and just springs into action. He, he hits one of the guys, knocks him over, grabs the gun, shoots the other one. And then he's uh, he, he, wasting no time at all, pops the first guy in the leg and asks where Ellie is. Like, where is she? Where are they keeping her? And the guy uh, gives him a wrong answer. He says, fuck you. <laughs> so Joel says, fuck me. No, fuck you. And just executes the guy, shoots him right in the head. I, I love this because, yeah, it's like from the from the game, he tries to um, ask Ethan. Ethan, in the game, only one Firefly is escorting Joel, which is a bad idea. Right, two guys, two guys. <laughs> didn't work out. <laughs> yeah, two guys didn't work out either, but in the game, it was even worse because just some dude named Ethan. <laughs> but uh, he, asks, uh, he asked Ethan where Ellie was in the game, and he just said nothing at all. He just kind of groans. <laughs> Joel goes, I don't have time for this and just blasts the dude. So uh yeah, here here in the show we're getting the impression that again, Joel has no time to waste and he decides to just execute this guy, go find Ellie on his own. So he grabs his bag, he takes Ellie's knife and he loots some ammo off the dead soldiers and you know, this is just this is just um Joel in pure survival mode. He's gearing up, getting ready to go to war. He's picking up a, a rifle and all the ammo he can grab. And he just starts working his way back through the hospital, just gunning down every firefly he sees. Anyone who takes a shot at him, raises a gun at him, even even ones who aren't visibly a threat to him, he's he's wa- he's wasting everybody. Yep, gotta kill the bloodline. He's just <laughs> yeah, 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 leaving no witnesses, <laughs> just um, on the war path trying to find Ellie. He doesn't ask any questions. He doesn't accept surrenders, even when people drop their guns and you know raise their hands. He's putting them all down, just shooting his way through the hospital. He wounds one guy, finishes the job by stabbing him to death, and and just just leaving no one left to get in the way. It's an absolute massacre, and it's a it's a it's a sign of the Joel that used to be, the man that you know Joel had to become after the outbreak. In the twenty years between outbreak day and meeting Ellie. There was Hunter Joel, you know, who did what it did, whatever it took to keep himself alive, to keep Tess alive, keep Tommy alive, people he cared about. Um, he took no prisoners. He was ruthless back then. And that's the man he's turning back into in order to save Ellie. And that man is highly trained because he yeah. fucking, as they say, bled the block. He knows <laughs> survivors. I was like, good God, this man. <laughs> like like this is a montage of death. <laughs> yeah, this was intense. I just this is yeah. I, I'm just still just like God. This hospital has to be in Cleveland because or or <laughs> it has to be. This hospital has to be in uh, fucking California because like it blew a three and zero lead. Like how are you gonna get? How are you gonna disarm Joel? How are you going to disarm a man? <sighs> And then just, just I like guys. What the fuck happened? He didn't have any guns. We took them all. <laughs> they had, they had every advantage. Yeah, we, I, and he just, you said, he pulled out the you know reverse card, flipped the table on him, and as the kids say, just went sicko yeah, mode. I, I, I would, I would be like, you all just had to take him outside. Fuck, <laughs> that was it, bro. Oh man. And so like Joel Warpath, Joel. Like he's in Pedro uh, Pascal in full video game mode, just yeah. putting everybody down. Finally, makes it to the pediatric surgery section of the hospital. 
and he mm-hmm. sees Ellie through the window as she's been given anesthesia and she's getting prepped for surgery. And, you know, the, the doctors and the nurses haven't heard Joel as he enters into the room, but then he demands that they unhook her and it's like, uh-oh, who the hell are you? And mm-hmm. so, of course, his doctor was named Jerry or some shit. My man, <sighs> man, just like a little punk, grabs the scalpel and he's, "I'm not gonna let you take her." <laughs> I was just like, "This," I would be like, "Listen, man," and 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 like anybody would just tell you, I'd be like, "Listen, man, I don't want any trouble." I'm going, <laughs> I'm going the Jackie Chan route on here, but I'm, I don't yeah. want no trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, like you got a gun. I don't have a gun. Also, Sean Connery has been told us not to bring a knife to a gunfight. That's right. <laughs> so like I conventional wisdom says you, uh, you might want to just walk away from yeah, this. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, oh shit. I don't have a gun. You win. <laughs> Dr. Jerry, Dr. Jerry, please just take the L. Yeah. Well, he took, he <laughs> took it pretty quickly because <laughs> He took it a little too hard. He was yeah. like threatened Joel with a scalpel and Joel's in total mm. traumatic survival mode right now. Mm. And, uh, you know, he doesn't hesitate. He was just like, eh, fuck off, pal. And Jerry gets <sighs> one in the head. <laughs> like, like yeah. I was the fastest kill ever. Like, yeah, I'm good. No hesitation. Yeah, got that Harrison Ford dog in you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He uh, did the Han shoots first move. Yeah, yeah it was so weird. ridiculous. And so... Then Joel tells the, the nurses to unhook her and to like wrap her arm because it was bleeding. And then he tells them to turn around, which at first I was like, oh, fuck, is he about to execute these people? Like that was in that scene when he's like, turn around. I was like, oh, shit, Joel. No. Yeah, it was it was not looking good for them. I was scared about that, too. <laughs> but then he just picks Ellie up and, and you know, he takes her out of the operating room and he gets her safe. So I was like, okay, cool. I mean, you murdered the, I'd say, let's say the only person that probably didn't need to get murdered was Jerry, but Jerry also, you know, he was threatening with that scalpel. He turned into that, um, buck nerd emoji. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I'm not going to let you take her. <laughs> like the, oh man. No, he, um, he got in the way, you know, he registered enough of a threat for, uh, Joel to just, you know what? I'm not, I'm not taking the chance. Drilled him right in the head, and but no, he left the nurses alive to you know because they didn't want any trouble. <laughs> they yeah. they they did the smart yeah. thing. They didn't want any hey, trouble. Hey, I just imagine that yeah. uh, you like it's like a Friday. You want some of this old man? No, <laughs> <laughs> no, I do yeah. not. I'm out. <clears throat> so Joel's carrying Ellie out of the out of the operation room and uh, manages to get her to the parking garage. Uh, but as he he he, you know, he notices a truck ready to go, he's like, "Okay, there's our ride." Makes his way over to it, but Marlene is waiting for him. She steps out of the shadows, points a gun at him, and tells him, "Tells Joel, you can't keep her safe forever. No matter how many people you kill, she's gonna grow up. You'll you'll leave her behind eventually, and you know, she'll. What then? What happens then? How long?" Will it take before this broken world gets to her? Before infected tear her apart, or some something else happens? Like you can't keep her safe forever. And so, you know, she's she's just trying to make the appeal that like this is this is where her death can at least mean something. Is kind of like Marlene's point. And Joel says, maybe I can't keep her safe forever. Maybe not. But it isn't for you to decide. Marlene kind of counters. Well, it's not your place either. What would Ellie decide? What would she want? And so Marlene's really playing the psychological angle. Like, you know, you're taking a choice away from 
you know, this girl you're, you're, you're looking at as a daughter. Even though I just, just did the same thing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Never mind what I just decided for her. Yeah. It's cool when they do it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you see, it's different because, uh, yeah, well, um, (laughs) anyway, (laughs) so, you know, it's Marlene's trying to take this moral high ground, basically. Like, you know what Ellie would want. You, you, you know it. Like, don't, don't lie to yourself. And at this moment, Joel starts to, you can tell that Marlene's words are kind of sinking in with him a little bit. He's remembering how Ellie told him earlier that day, it can't all be for nothing. And he, he looks like he's thinking it over. And Marlene says, it's not too late. You can still do the right thing. We can still find a way. Yep. And, uh, yeah, yeah, this was, uh, uh, yeah, she was, she was trying to drop knowledge, but, uh, yeah, didn't go well. Um, so no, it's kind of like, um, it's, I think, I, I think Joel at this point, he, he's, he is weighing what he, what he's weighing the decisions he has made and the decisions like he's already decided on or made his mind up about, but uh, I think it's a little bit of a letting Marlene think that he's considering it as a, almost as a distraction. It's yeah, it, it's, it's, it's climax moment though. This is a, this is a key decision point where Joel can go down one of two roads. Basically and the best thing that they could have done would be to have this fucking conversation in the beginning, <laughs> but Hey, you know what? hundred percent. It would have been so good before like all the, the, the triggering someone and the murder and stuff but we, we were like yeah we'll we'll, we'll go over that yeah. later <laughs> but <laughs> hey look, here we are now so joel looks at an unconscious mm-hmm. ellie in his arm and then we cut joel driving down the road and it seems like mm-hmm. he might be alone but ellie is in the back seat uh so you know joel says it's all right that she's with him and that the drugs are still wearing off and ellie is surprised by that and asks like what you know what drugs and joel says that they were running tests on her and some others and, you know, mm-hmm. he lies and says, it turns out there was a lot of immune people, just like Ellie, dozens of them. And uh, the doctors couldn't make it work so because Joel, you know, and, and Joel continues with his lie. You know, we cut back to the parking garage uh, and we see Joel ends up shooting Marlene right from the hip, right under mm-hmm. Ellie's legs. Um, and uh, he puts her, you know, puts Ellie in the car uh, and then and. You know, Joel tell we cut back to Joel in the car and then he says that the fireflies have stopped looking for a cure. And Ellie is just kind of absorbing all this and just asks where her clothes are because uh, she's still in a hospital gown. And, and Joel lies, saying that raiders attacked the hospital and that he barely got her out. And Ellie asks if people were hurt. And Joel finally tells the truth and just says yes. So we see those roles have once again, they've reversed back to normal. Uh, and so when when Ellie asks if Marlene is okay, he avoids the question, saying he's taking them home. And as she goes back to sleep, Joel says, "I'm sorry." Yeah, this is. I I I think it's obvious Joel doesn't like lying to Ellie. It's not. It's not something he's comfortable with. But he's good at it. Like he's pretty convincing. He knows how to. He knows how to cover his bases, basically. But no, it's um, this is heavy stuff and something that. Ellie's struggling to absorb and Joel's struggling to, uh, you know, lie to her about. We cut back to the garage. It's another quick uh, flashback to um, 
Joel putting Ellie in the car. She's still unconscious at this point, still in her surgery gown. But then we realize Marlene isn't dead. She's kind of sprawled out on the pavement of the parking parking garage, you know, bleeding from a gunshot to the abdomen. And, you know, Joel kind of walks over to her ready to finish the job. And Marlene puts her hand up, pleads with him. Just, just let me go. Just let, just let me go. You don't have to do this. And in a bit of a dark mirror here, Joel is showing the same ruthless determination that Marlene had when she killed Anna back at the beginning of the episode. Joel raises the gun, points it around, points it right at Marlene's head and says, you just come after her and pulls the trigger. So he, he yeah, Marlene's gone for good. And that's, that's Joel really just sort of tying up that loose end again. This is a guy who takes no chances. He's not going to leave alive the one person who has the resourcefulness and the determination to come after Ellie and try to track her down and bring her back to uh, cut her brain out and make a vaccine. So Joel's not taking that chance. <laughs> yep, yep. That's, that's the truth. Yeah. And yeah. so Joel and Ellie get all the way back to Wyoming before the car dies. You know, um, and as, as Joel says, uh, you know, the Joel just basically says that the car got up close enough. And they start walking and they've got a five hour hike to get to Jackson. And so as they are walking, Joel starts to reminisce about how he and Sarah used to take hikes all the time. So now you can't get him to stop talking about Sarah. He's like <laughs> all super open and it's 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 just strange every time he's open. Yeah. It's just so goddamn weird. Um, yeah. And Ellie again is the quiet one. Um, and, uh, we can see that she's still mulling over the situation. Like we can tell that she never quite believed everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, she's back to having a lot on her mind, coping with a lot of new information and experiences and she's not comfortable with it. Um, and like you said, yeah, Joel is, you know, just talking very freely about Sarah. Like it's, it's like the floodgates are open now. You can't, you can't stop him. It's like probably 20 years of pent up memories and emotions about his first daughter that, you know, now that, now that he has someone he's comfortable talking to about it, you know, he can't stop himself. And so he's, uh, you know, talking about Sarah, you know, he tells, you know, tells Ellie, yeah, Sarah would have liked you, even though you're definitely very different. And, you know, Ellie gives him, gives him a little bit of conversation. She asks, how so? How are we different? And Joel says, well, Sarah was definitely a girly girl, you know, and she was taller and, had a killer smile. Not that you don't. Yeah, like, <laughs> so he, yeah, he keeps throwing those out. Like you know, it, you know, you're you know, all, all the, it's kind of like a, a, a father making sure that his daughters uh, don't hate each other and that he loves them equally and all that. It's you know, it's it's classic and it's very heartwarming that you know he sees them both as his kids really. And um, Joel says, you know, Sarah would have liked you because you're funny. You know, you would have made her laugh. And uh, I think. I think you would have liked her back. He thinks Ellie would have liked Sarah back. And Ellie, you know, again, she's being a little talkative. She's giving him a little give and take. And she she agrees, yeah, you know what? We probably would have. But she, again, there's still something, there's just something hanging in the air between them. Like, there's something Ellie is still a little uneasy about. And uh, she's kind of holding holding that distance from Joel. Just that mild discomfort that's still going unspoken so far. Yeah. And, you know, they keep walking. Um, you know, they see Jackson in the distance and Joel's super happy. Ellie is still like, you know, in kind of in the funk. And so, um, mm-hmm. she's like, kind of, she seems like she's like worried about the situation that she's in right now. Um, and so finally Ellie stops him 
and uh, she opens up. She it's like her turn to open up, and so she talks about the first time she killed someone, and uh, and she which happens to be the time when she was bitten and the person we find out that she had to kill was Riley because, you know, they made this pact to lose their minds together and it was all poetic. And then Ellie didn't turn and uh, Riley actually turned and Ellie had to kill her. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, and she's, she's open about like, Hey, they didn't know what to do at this time. Like this is a very, right this was like a very traumatic and dark time. This is for her. And this is something that she's been holding in the entire series. And so she finally lets it out. So we're sharing basically two people sharing the most, probably the most traumatic moments in their lives. Right. Yeah. Ellie is sort is finally coming to terms with the people she's lost in her life so far. And also sharing that pain with Joel and being open about it. She says, you know, my, my friend's name was Riley. And she was the first to die. She was the first person I lost and said goodbye to. And then it was Tess and then it was Sam. And she's kind of rattling off these experiences and these losses she's taken. And Joel tries to explain to her, like, none of that's your fault. You know, you don't need to blame yourself for that. You know, these things happen. And sometimes life just doesn't work out the way we hope. And sometimes things come to an end and you don't know what to do next. But if you just keep going... You can find something new to fight for. This is like life advice that Joel is trying to give Ellie. Like this, this is how I've survived so far. This is how I've made it all this time by, you know, just looking for something else to hold on to. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a bond that they're kind of building together, or at least Joel thinks of it that way. He's trying to bring her into his world a little bit and encourage her to lean on him and vice versa. Yeah. This is also just like if someone has ever told you not to be depressed. Like, like it's like oh why, why are you sad you have so much and it's like i don't fucking know <laughs> have, have you have you uh have you maybe considered no. trying uh not oh. being sad <laughs> yeah it's i guess it's the holy grail of answers there man <laughs> oh shit you just gave me the best life advice ever oh it's that simple huh okay and so like joel or so ellie cuts joel off this time and you know she's basically blunt with him and she tells him she asks him to swear to her that everything that he says about the firefly or said about the fireflies is true and without hesitation joel swears that it's true and yep. like he just yep. really just was like fuck <laughs> and, like, yeah inter- internally screaming but externally just I, yep. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah like yeah yeah totally and then ellie just freezes with a face that says, I don't believe you, but I'm trying to, uh, like teary eyed. And she just nods and says, okay. And that's the end of the episode. Yeah. It's, it's heartbreaking. There's so much unsaid there. You know, it's like this, uh, Ellie's coming to terms with, you know, this was like my life purpose and it just, came and went with a fizzle with an anticlimactic you know it passed me by and i just have to take your word for it that you said what happened happened and there's so much damaged trust there but also they have such a deep bond based on what they've been through together that's kind of like it's kind of like ellie has no choice but to just take joel's word for it and continue this life they've built together so it's 
there's a there's a really bittersweet quality to it. But yeah, man, this was a this was a hell of an episode, and and that's that's a wrap on our synopsis of The Last of Us episode nine. Look for the light. Season one has come to a close, and uh, we're gonna take a quick break here. But when we get back, we'll get into our thoughts and break down our reaction to this episode. So stick around. We'll be right back. Okay, we're back, and we have gone over the events of Episode 9 of HBO's The Last of Us, and it's time for some takeaways, you know, what, what we thought of this. And uh, I'll just, you know, I'll, st- I'll say right off the bat, you know, I, I was conti- I've been continually impressed with this season and how uh, competently the story was translated from the games to the, sh- to the television, fo- television format. And I, I felt especially strongly about that this episode. I felt like the exact right tones of the finale were represented in this episode. Uh, I, I was on the edge of my seat, you know, even though I pretty much knew what to expect. I, I knew what the the main story beats were going to be. I knew what broadly was going to happen, but it was still an intense experience. It was still gripping. And that's um that's not easy, you know, for for someone to who kind of goes into an episode knowing what to expect, but still being just enthralled by it. That's uh that's impressive. Yeah. So. Definitely. I would say that like a thing that I like about the whole series and the fact that they have Neil Druckmann and, you know, such a, a with such decision making power and they have, you know, Craig Mazin and they kind of bounce, go, they go back and forth. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Craig Mazin has this, you know, ability to, you know, create these these. I, tell the tell the story in this format and then Neil Druckmann has all of the uh, bits and pieces that you need to glue together like a cohesive story. So I did like mm-hmm. like how they added in, you know, the fact that Joel tried to kill himself. And then the fact that, yeah. like, we got this little glimpse of Ellie's mom. They weren't new, new things. They were just, like, part of probably, like, a video game writer's room of, like, hey, this is how we build the story out. Right. And so, like, right. that was great. Because it wasn't like, oh, hey, we're just going to make assumptions here about blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah, those were those were things that we didn't explicitly get shown or told in the game, but they completely make sense. And, you know, in the tone of the or in the background lore of the game. And it's a great idea to include them explicitly in the show, like um, the backstory with Anna, the the flashback at the beginning. Like, again, yeah, we didn't see that in the game, but it was such a such uh, important context. It gave us uh, a deeper backstory and it really informed Marlene's decision, you know, her motivations, and it, you know, gave us a, a lot of important context to the beginning of Ellie's journey. So that was like a change or, you know, yeah, like you said, probably something that the game directors thought of originally, but decided to, you know, really color into the, the, the show here. And yeah, like you said, the other departure that I wasn't expecting, but really ended up liking was the kind of the, the really specific exploration of Joel's suicide attempt. Like, again, that wasn't something from the game, but uh, it is perfectly appropriate thematically. You know, it really adds to Joel's character arc, really makes a lot of sense. And uh, no, it's, again, yeah, like you said, I think Craig and Neil kind of working together to really decide what makes sense for for the adaptation that expands on what we know and love about the game. And it doesn't just get sprung on you, you know? Yeah. Like, it wasn't just like, or walking and Joel's like, Hey, you know, after my daughter died, I tried to kill myself. Mm. 
which like in yeah. some people writing this would have made sense. But like going back to like a different episode and, you know, being asked about it and seeing how cold yeah. and like shut off he was and how he lied easily. And then when right. he opened up, he felt comfortable. And so I was like, it just made it that more impactful because like you did think someone shot at Joel because Joel's a fucking smuggler. Yeah. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Yeah, the the foreshadowing was done really well, and um, everything everything that was kind of hinted at was explored later on very well. So no loose ends here. It's all it's all pretty tight, tidy bundles. And um, I, I, I one other thing that was kind of a a little bit of a change in the show version from the game version is that how the show version of Marlene, I feel like she gave more detail about Ellie's immunity than we kind of got in the first game because the, the game version of this, of this episode, it's, it's like, I feel like they didn't really go into the science very deeply. And so the show version of Marlene talking about chemical messengers and, you know, the, the, the scientific lingo, it was easy enough to follow, but it also lent, I think some credibility to the medical science of like, it really made, it really told the audience, like, this is something that, these characters could theoretically feasibly do like we're, we're kind of selling the case here that Marlene and her doctors, they have the know-how to create a vaccine. Whereas in the game, I feel like the situation was a little bit more ambiguous. I think the game kind of implied to us, they may or may not actually be able to make the vaccine. It's like, um, it was a bit more of a gamble almost, but I think the show was a bit more clear that this is way more likely that our, it's at least, at least the show sold the fact that Marlene believed it more and like was, was more bought into the idea that this is possible. And so that kind of like makes Joel's actions a little bit more uh, questionable. Maybe it's, it's debatable, which we'll get into, I'm sure here in a minute, but um, I don't know. I, I liked that there was a bit more um, ambiguity about this. Yeah, because in the game, you just get uh, like the it, Marlene doesn't explain much, but there's like a tape recording from the doctor. Yeah, and it's like it, but it is not simplified. It's his own notes. Right. So he's just right. like he believes that yada, 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 yada equals vaccine. So I do like how they <laughs> yeah. how they how they presented it where it's like, hey, you know, if you just da 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 da, then like we could be looking at a cure here. Like where he, right. he, in the game, it's just like, you know, we know that the cordyceps produces blah, 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 blah in the brain and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. It's like the game really only says mutated, mutated yeah. fungus. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a different strain. Yeah. So we're going to take it out and see how it works. <laughs> but in the show, it's like, we know how it works. We just need to replicate it. Basically. That's what, it's what it seemed like to me. At yeah. least. Okay. So I, I guess, you know, that leaves us with really the big question. You know, we've, <laughs> I know that. Players of the game, fans of The Last of Us have debated, you know, this this ending endlessly ever since the game came out in 2013. And, you know, the the discussion has been kind of revived with with HBO's adaptation of did Joel do the right thing was was what Joel did understandable, uh, justifiable, yada, yada. And it's kind of like, whose side are you on? Uh, What what was the right thing to do here? Because this is this is a bit of a gray area morally. This is definitely a uh, uh, a quandary for someone to be put through. Like as a father, you know, as a, as someone who is asked, like, would you sacrifice your child to save mankind? Pretty much is the high level version of this question. But you know, I, I think uh, you and I, Lawrence, we're gonna have to 
hash out what we really feel about <laughs> Joel's actions in this episode and uh, what, what, what they say. Yes. So if you ask me, which I guess I could say no one's asking me, but I'm going to tell you my opinion. <laughs> I'm asking you, let's say that. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I would say that like when you look at it from, I, when people have this debate, they always tend to look at it from like the perspective of like who is who is right and who is wrong. And when they do that, mm-hmm. it's like, is you know, Joel or Marlene? Who is right? Who is wrong? Who is like doing the right thing? Yeah. When in, in all, you know, all, all due respect, they were both technically wrong because they both, uh, no one asked Ellie. They both basically yeah, just, right. uh, they completely stole Ellie's agency. They made an excuse mm-hmm. for it. And then they tried, they played this game of like mind chest with each other about like, yeah. hey, you know, she wouldn't want this, but yes, she would. And and like, that's mm-hmm. not for you to decide. That's not for you to decide. And like, we're, right. we're standing right. there going, they're, they're, honestly, they're spinning the wheels and going in circles about like, what would this kid want when you had all the time in the universe to ask her and present the facts? Like the fact yeah. that nobody, I, I will say that like, just as Joel woke up in that hospital bed, Ellie could have been sitting next to him with Jerry and mm-hmm. they could have literally hashed this out because it's not like yeah. this this place was gonna blow up or something. Yeah. But they right. were like, hey, you know what? Ellie is an adult all the way until she gets here, and now she's a child <laughs> again, so she doesn't can't make a decision. But in the same time, we know Ellie would do this anyways. Yeah. Yeah, that that's that's definitely where I come down on it too. Like I Watching this episode, I, I was transported back to when I first played the game, and I remember feeling when I first played this part of the game, the uh, the finale of the game, and the cutscene ends, and you're controlling Joel again, and the mission is to, you know, either sneak past or more likely kill any Firefly in your way and find Ellie and rescue her. I remember th- holding that controller and thinking, I don't want to do this. I wish I didn't have to do this. I wish that there was a way for joel to accept the situation and let you know let this happen because back then i kind of bought into that you know uh the the greater good of you know the the many versus the few and yada yada i kind of bought into that like no in a perfect world you know the vaccine would save more people than it would cost which was ellie's life so but watching this like yeah after that many years have passed and i'm watching this, this kind of new version new take on the same story i do definitely come down on the the question of why the fuck wasn't Ellie ever consulted on any yeah. of this. And, you know, as you point out, it's kind of like Joel's in this camp, Marlene's in this other camp and Ellie's caught in the middle and they're both kind of using her to justify their own angles. And it, for me, it's almost like this feels a little bit like a child of divorce situation where you've got a couple splitting up and it's kind of like, you know, I know what's best for our daughter. Like, no, I know what's best for our daughter. Like no one's asking yep. the kid. And, you know, it's, it's um, one of those situations where, yeah, Ellie, unfortunately, most of her life, she's never had a really, really much of a say in what happens to her. And sadly, it's repeated here where I I, I keep thinking about what you said. Like if Jerry, Marlene, Joel and Ellie were just in a room together and had a discussion about this and everyone was on the same page, there'd be so much less bloodshed. You know, there'd, there'd be so many fewer lives lost here. And at least Ellie would have the informed decision and. Okay, the last thing I'll say about this, at least on this leg of it, is just that I feel personally that if Joel was presented that, you know, those facts and he was able to talk to Ellie about it and Ellie was informed about it and, you know, this thing was handled so much more differently 
I think that Ellie was told, hey, it'll probably cost you your life, but we will most likely be able to replicate a vaccine. And Joel was given the chance to come to terms with this, say goodbye to her. Maybe, maybe he would still go psycho and kill everybody. Maybe not. But at least there'd be that chance for reconciliation that just no one bothered to do. And Marlene just completely royally fucked up here by just taking Ellie directly into surgery, not telling her what was happening, and then telling Joel, well, we owe you for bringing Ellie to us, but uh, get fucked. Fuck off, man. (laughs) Yeah, no, she did the dumbest thing she could have done here, um, which... Unfortunate, because in in most other cases, she's one of the smartest characters in this story. So it's kind of like, what happened, man? (laughs) Yeah, I was like, y'all, y'all fucked up. (laughs) Y'all dropped the ball. And (laughs) and like, it's it's like, honestly, I I think about what you're saying. And it's like, there was this whole God complex. Yes. And and like goal chasing, like, you know, we're, we're in the cusp. We're getting it. And it blinded them. Yeah. And so, like, it blinded them and made them do something. And then Joel reacted to that. Like, and so, like, because I do believe wholeheartedly had they had a conversation, had anybody actually intended on giving Ellie a choice, that mm-hmm. Joel would have accepted it. Like, if Ellie, yeah, if Ellie so. was like, hey, I want to do this. I know I'm not going to come back. I'm sorry I can't follow you, but I need to do this. Like, he mm. wouldn't be happy it would probably spiral this man back down into, you know, the trenches. But I think like yeah, it would have yeah. also, it probably wouldn't have pushed him as far as he had with Sarah. Cause like, at least he would have closure. Cause like Joel never gets closure. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. you got to think about it. His daughter got yeah. shot and he tried to save her life and begged her yeah. not to die. And then yeah. they take this other girl that he's just bonded with. And they're like, well, we didn't yeah. tell her, but we're going to take her brain out and kill her. And and it's like, <laughs> yeah. you just kind of have to accept that, dude. And 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 so, like, he's he's just all you're doing is pushing him back into that moment. And it's like, OK, well, mm-hmm. what do I have to do this time to uh, to save my daughter? Because, like, they tell you when you're going through trauma work and therapy that, like, one way to get over a traumatic situation is to, like, relive it. But often when people relive their traumatic events, they will do the exact same thing that they did before. And like, that's what he's doing. He's doing the exact same thing he did before. He's trying with all his might to save his, you know, daughter. So like, Mm -hmm. I was like, like Jerry and his like, I'm going to save mankind ass. And Marlene with her like, well, I owe Anna. So Ellie owes me kind of mentality. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. No, it's, 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 it's wild to think like, okay, you've got this, uh, cold blooded killer right in front of you and you're going to take away his reason for living and you're going to be, so you're going to do the surprise Pikachu face when he decides I'm gonna kill you guys. Yeah. <laughs> he values, he values Ellie's life more than yeah, yours. Exactly. <laughs> like who the fuck are you guys? And it's right. like, we live in a lawless I, world. So fuck you then. If you're going to say, fuck me, fuck you back. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think about what you said, you know, you said Marlene's God complex. And I think that's huge. Like she, she's on this high horse thinking that she's, she has this monopoly on, um, valuing Ellie's life. Like, no, I'm the only one who understands because you were there at her birth, which I understand. Like I, what I love, what I love so much about the opening scene of this episode, showing us Anna giving birth to Ellie and then Marlene having to kill Anna and take care of Ellie, like showing us all that 
really lets us understand that at this moment when Marlene orders Ellie into surgery and orders Joel away, she's making hard decisions. She knows she is. She knows that she's uh, sacrificing the life of her best friend's daughter, a, a child she swore to take care of and look after. She knows that that's a heavy price to pay. Uh, but that kind of gives her that like moral authority that she doesn't necessarily hasn't necessarily yep. earned when she's telling Joel like no like you don't you don't know what it's like and when Joel very very much knows what it's like so it's it, it it's a blind spot for her it's like you know thinking that you know this I I guess it comes back to they they both have decided that they know what's best for Ellie and they're gonna. D- they're going to let nothing stand in their way. And it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, Marlene's immovable for uh, immovable object, Joel's unstoppable force and the unstoppable force wins, I guess. Yeah. Cause it, it ultimately came down to, um, what everybody else wanted over, over mm-hmm. Ellie. Like that was just the whole thing. Like it was yeah. everybody's ambitions over no, one, no one generally like, it's weird to say, but no one generally gave a fuck about Ellie. They cared more about like, their ankle what she represented yeah, yeah like it yeah. was like to joel it was this you know it was a second chance of being a dad and marlene it was mm. like putting out this cure that was going to save cure. mankind yeah. which i love that they try to convince right. joel with that because i was like do you know what this man has been through to get here like you don't need no damn cure <laughs> he's a walking yeah. killing machine i feel like you're giving him the wrong sales pitch like but we can save humanity I, like Joel's like, do you think I give a fuck about humanity? Yeah, <laughs> like, right. yeah, the really. best I can do is a vaccine. It, like five days ago, a dude tried to eat me. So <laughs> like, <laughs> humanity can like really like kiss my ass. Yeah. And then th- I think that that brings us to the question of whether or not a vaccine would have even done any good at this point. Because I, I know that you've brought this up before. Like there is a very good question of whether or not the fireflies would even be able to get this vaccine to people on a broad scale. Like you're not going to get this on the other side of the world. You're not going to air mail this shit to China and like, you know, save you know, every other continent. Like, you know, what are you going to do with it? You know, let's say you even can, you know, Jerry can do what he says he can do. And uh, you, you can synthesize this vaccine. Like what then? What next? We, I, I got some thoughts on that question. Yeah. I know you do. Because, <laughs> like, I am, like, this is the, my stance on this whole thing. Yes, you needed to give mm-hmm. Ellie a chance. Like, that's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And so, like, right. when you decided not to, the best option was to go with Joel. Because mm-hmm. how the fuck do we know that Jerry can synthesize a vaccine? Jerry, what are you, the brain surgeon? And just you just out here whipping up vaccines? And up. A- chemical engineer yeah with like, absolutely <laughs> no research whatsoever that we know of that was oh, not there were no research reference like you want to go an- no other you want to go anti-vaxxer yeah. rant here like where people were like how did you come <laughs> up with a vaccine so quick for COVID?" and you're like well i have years of research actually because this mutated from right. something else you jackass it's this right. time it's like how do you know this is gonna work it's like yeah well, we tested yeah, monkeys. We, we, like, yeah, they have we tried to do some shit with limited resources and supplies in a war turn war torn world. Like, mm-hmm. so it's like there's there's nothing here that's like, okay, how is this vaccine gonna work? It, is it going to work? Because there's also the yeah. the whole thing of human trials. And so if you give someone this vaccine, because it doesn't seem like it pre- it it like reverses infection from what we can tell. Mm-hmm. Uh, It just Mm -hmm. seems like it prevents you from getting infected. So the only way to know if it works is to get infected. Yeah. Give it to someone else and let them get bit and see what happens. And who the fuck is going to want to do that? 
Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> like, hey, give it to you. Hey, just so now, Dave, so we know it's effective, you got to get bit. So basically, you die for science or you live and become a hero. And and like you, well, you live long yeah. enough to stroke Jerry's ego is basically what it is. <laughs> and and then like there's so many logistical, there's so many logistics to this. It's a fucking nightmare. Distri- distribution. Yeah. How are you going to widely develop a vaccine? Right. And I I know that the Fireflies' stated goal, like as an organization, they are dedicated to broadly speaking. The return of civilian government. They want to overthrow FEDRA, um, end martial law, basically b- return the United States back to civilian government. Um, and I, I, I suppose you know, that that all gets overridden by the you know Marlene's new crusade. Like, oh, we have a cure. We can do the cure. So it's kind of like maybe to your point, it's a secondary issue whether or not the vaccine even works. It's more the promise yeah. of it. It's more like it'd be a bargaining chip. It'd be a political tool with which to you know, bring people to their cause. And it's kind of like, if I'm going to be cynical, it doesn't matter if it works or not, because all you have to do is say, Hey, we're the fireflies. We have a cure. We are your only hope. Maybe that's the point. Honestly, I a hundred percent agree with that. I think it's a fucking power tool. Like that's it. Mm -hmm. And like, cause like a vaccine, a regular vaccine is not 100%. It's not a guarantee for everybody. Like it's not going to have the same effect on everybody. So what happens when this vaccine doesn't have the same effect on everybody? Like there have to be extensive trial periods. And then you have to think about it. Like you can't return civilian government. You can't reestablish the world the way it was. Like we have, we've ascended down the uh, societal totem pole and you have to go back. Like you have to build it back up in a certain way. It's not like we're like, okay, who the fuck was the president? George Bush. All right. Like, (laughs) What laws are here? Because it's like, just you have to look at it. Generally, society, the modern day society is unfair to a bunch of people. That's one big thing. So you have to establish society back. There are definitely people who are going to be like, well, society fucking sucked. So no, I'm good. Or there are people that are have been born after this. Or there are people who just love committing fucking crimes. That's like, that's just that's my life. There's no law. If I want to shoot somebody to protect a plot of land, I'm going to shoot you in the face. And like we've seen all of these different groups of people who always end up following besides Jackson, everybody always ends up following like one person. Oh, they're the provider. They're blah, 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 blah. Kathleen. Yeah, we we, we put our lives in your hands and like those people get drunk on power. Do you think that people Mm -hmm. are going to let someone come in here? With the promise of a vaccine and still what they have worked their asses off to build, because you better fucking believe that's not going to happen. Yeah, you, you 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 can tell like you just know in your bones that um, it would be one of those things where, hey, we have this vaccine, but you have to be a firefly to get it. So it, it, or one of those things like and like in an, in a perfect world, ideally, what could happen is, you know, the fireflies get the vaccine to communities like Jackson that, you know, care about community that that actually look out for themselves and each other and aren't actively you know assholes everyone else um that's that's the ideal world but yeah we're talking about or marlene here we're talking about a very political person who will work the angles and do what they need to do to uh come out on top so yeah no it's i i guess if i were if i were in joel's position i know that like in a perfect world if you could promise me that if, if if you had talked to Ellie before, if she agreed to it, she went into it with making an informed decision and I had my chance to say goodbye and you know have closure and 
come to come to terms with everything. And you could also promise me that like, or you could you could show me, guarantee me that the vaccine is going to make it to communities that could make use of it, like expand and f- prosper without worrying about being infected. Then yeah, like that'd be great. But like none of those things were none of those things were even really yeah. talked about. So yeah, for me, it always comes back to yeah, Ellie was never consulted, and like. It, with the fireflies we see in the show, like what we're what we know about them, there's there's not that much confidence that they would really even be able to do much good with it, even if they were able to get the vaccine. They, so it's the whole yeah. squad got folded by a fifty six year old man. <laughs> yeah, think about yeah, that for a with, minute. <laughs> with no, with who had no weapons. Man had no weapons at the beginning of this. Eh. He took yeah. theirs. Yeah. Like I like this man had no weapons, no body armor. He cleaned house. He bled the block. Like I was like, mm. you're telling me that's what I would have told Marlene at the end. I'd have been like, she ain't doing shit with the vaccine. How who are you gonna give it to? I killed everybody. <laughs> I, I killed them all, Marlene. Yeah. You're a liar. <laughs> Yeah, who would, it's that old meme. It's like, who would win? One hospital full of paramilitaries versus one traumatic boy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> one pissed yeah, off dad. Like, dude, dude is just like, yeah, I mean, like, I was like, dude, that, and I had to, I, I got to think about that. I was like, man, in a montage, cleared everybody out. And you had some people yeah. surrender. What are you guys going to do yeah, when you run light. into like another Kathleen type situation where they're like, yeah, we're not really. going to, we're not following the Firefly rule for your fucking bit. You're all, you're all getting sent to the gulag. You're not yeah. getting out. You're not winning the war yeah. zone. <laughs> you're get folded. <laughs> like you guys, are... you're not getting that victory royale. It's not and happening. Like, even if you were to, let's say, let's say perfect world or the vaccine works and it works. Everybody yeah. you can distribute it. You still have to deal with infected and not mm-hmm. everybody is going to want to go uh uh is not everyone's going to warm up to communism which is what you're gonna need to do Pretty you gotta much, yeah. do communism to you're still gonna have yeah the raiders and bandits and anarchists out there who uh you know just want to kill you yeah, now i'm immune and i can do it <laughs> it's like i can still get ripped right. apart but i'm st- if i don't die i could right yeah so and you got the bills in the world yeah. and shit that want to like live in towns. <laughs> and it's like, how do you, how can you establish a government when people own the land now? You know, like, and they actually yeah. own what you're going to impose a tax. Like there's gotta be, you're, you're talking about like, you have to unite different communities. Like they are whole ass fucking countries. There is going to be yeah. war. There is going to be every fucking thing. You don't even have established trade. Yeah. So I'd like, fuck your vaccine. (laughs) Yeah, we're not, you're not bringing the United States back from nothing like that. That ship has sailed. Like there's, it's kind of like you're you're starting from scratch and that's a tall order for, for like you said, a group of people who can get bodied by one dude. And you come (laughs) up against a bloater, then what? Like you still have. Yeah, yeah, then yeah, what? Yeah, like like (laughs) you guys, hey guys, there's a bloater on the route. We have to deliver these vaccines. Oh, we're fucked. Even. Even fucking badass Perry couldn't take that yeah. thing out. What hope do you jackass right. have? Like Perry <laughs> didn't even surrender, but you guys surrendered to a dude who, <laughs> like, who you could have just fucking killed. Uh, but like, yeah, right. like that's the thing about the Fireflies. It's like I don't think you're. I don't think anyone is looking at a big picture. I think they are looking at the short term, where it's like, hey, we can yeah. do this thing right now, which is why they just rushed a child into surgery, and we're like, we're not going to tell him. Yeah, yeah. Not smart. That's not why wise. Jerry got shot in the uh, face. Yep. Dr. Anderson, uh, you know, made that bed and had yeah. to lay in it. So. <laughs> hey, hey, 
no, no. Uh, I, I don't. I don't feel sorry for Jerry at all. Um, no, no F's in the chat for Jerry. No good game. <laughs> I, 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 I personally feel a little bad for him. Like, but yeah, he should have. He, he went for that scalpel, man. You live by the scalpel, you die by the scalpel. I'm sorry, yeah, that's what, how it is. Like, it's like, what doctor doesn't? I like you. Must have been a shit doctor, Jerry, because like you didn't don't have any bedside manner. Like a doctor's not going to come out. Like, okay, here are your options. Yeah, man. Yeah, I want to meet the fucking surgeon in real life who would agree to take the brain out of a teenage girl without fucking talking to her first and explaining what's going to happen. Like, no, no surgeon. Like, that where's the Hippocratic and oath then, there? And then Jerry? goes to brag to their dad, like, "Hey, I'm taking her brain out." <laughs> like, hey, yeah. her brain. Seriously, yeah. man. Gonna, Seriously, gonna make like, a cure. I'm gonna call it the the Jerry vaccine. That's yeah. Okay. Yeah. You, you know what? Yeah. No F's for him. Like if, if you would agree to take a fucking teenage girl's brain out without talking to her first, without telling her the risks and you know, it's yeah. Fuck him. <laughs> I've come around on, it. I used to feel bad for him, but honestly, I don't know. Every if I time can you take anymore. the vaccine, you got Jerry. <laughs> yeah, 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 so. <laughs> so like, uh, that's the uh, that's the Pfizer Moderna Anderson yeah. shot. Yeah, right you know there. it's it's so fucking great. And so it's like Jerry, I was like, Jerry, you're asking out here about to make me an anti-vaxxer, you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I do not oh condone God. anti-vaccinations. By the way, get your vaccines. Yeah, it's just that Jerry no. was peddling that shit that they talk about on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, for the record, for the record, Jerry is trying to sell us that uh that that snake oil oh, oh, right yeah. there. That's that's what he's oh, got yeah. going on. But man, oh man. So uh to wrap us up, I, I guess one couple really quick shout outs I want to make. Um wanna you know point out in the operation room where Dr. Anderson got drilled in the forehead, uh we actually saw a familiar face. The lovely Laura Bailey is actually making a cameo there in that scene. In case you didn't know yeah. that already, she's one of the nurses that Joel so graciously spares the life of at the end there. Yeah. My and of course, Laura Bailey, the actress who portrays um, Abby in The Last of Us Two, who uh, we may be seeing uh, in the not too distant future. Oh, who yeah. knows? I, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping uh, that. I mean, I'm wondering how they're going to get to to play Abby in season two. Like, yeah, live action Abby. That's going to be that's going to be a hell of a casting. Uh, the decision. worst. I can't the wait to worst see that. part is, is I saw on Twitter, someone goes, "You know who would be good for that role?" And this would be good, but not good anymore. Gina Carano. Mm. You know what? It would be so good. I get it. I get it. Honestly, it sucks. It sucks. I used to really like Gina Carano. Like, I I really enjoyed seeing... She did this movie a while back called Haywire. Really, really cool movie. Awesome action movie. But God, she fumbled the bag. She fumbled the whole bag. (laughs) Just spilled it out all the the ground, man. Like, (laughs) all you had to do was just (laughs) not tweet the dumbest shit ever imaginable. like... Out like oh, yeah, so you could have come back, had a your you know another show with with Pedro. And yeah, you could have had the Mandalorian. You could have come back to to what? be Abby to have those cannon ass arms yeah. punching punching uh, clickers heads yeah, off. I was like, <laughs> you're you already are like hella muscular in our use and are used to playing like yeah, these like she's... actiony roles. So I was like, yeah, it would be a great role, yeah. but damn it, <laughs> you know, you're like, damn, she blew it. <laughs> You want to talk about blowing a three <laughs> yeah, three zero yeah. leader? <laughs> yeah, I was like, there are plenty of muscular actors out there that they can get, but I was like, damn, that was a, I was like, shit. I know that sucks. So yeah, there's that, and um, another shout out. I've I've been meaning to I've been meaning to make this uh, 
I've been meaning to say this for for weeks now. I keep forgetting to bring this up, but I want to want to give my solemn uh, condolences to um, the family and loved ones of Annie Wershing, who is the actor, the actress who uh, portrayed Tess in the original Last of Us game. She passed away uh, a couple months ago, and uh, yeah, just yeah, just sad to see her go. Uh, she was she was a powerhouse, great actress. I you know saw her in other stuff like uh, The Rookie. She was on that Rookie show with uh, with um, Nathan Fillion. And no, no, just really, uh, really sad to see her go. She brought a lot to that role that we saw Anna Torv embody in this uh, adaptation. So, just uh, yeah, uh, condolences, uh, rest in peace to Annie Worshing, and uh, shout out to Laura Bailey. Shout out again to Ashley Johnson bringing uh, bringing Ellie's mother to to the screen here. That that was that was a pleasure to see her yeah. back in the Last of Us universe and to so. hear her voice like. It was oh, just yeah. like God. So she was just like you fucking tell him, Ellie. I was like, God, <laughs> it just was so video yeah. game nostalgic. Also, she like I I didn't really have never really seen Ashley Johnson before this. So like I was like, yeah, I was yeah. like, yeah, actually, like you and um um blanking on her name, the person who plays Ellie now, um oh, yeah, Bella Ramsey. Yes, Ashley Johnson and Bella Ramsey kind of look alike too. So I was like, this is actually kind of kind of perfect. I was like, this is this yeah, I was like, this is good casting. It works out. I I just love seeing those behind the scenes photos. Like, you know, you see Pedro and uh, Ashley and Ellie. uh, Sorry, you see Pedro and Ashley and Bella kind of posing together. Like, oh, that's so cute. Like, here's here's Joel with Ellie and Ellie. (laughs) It's really cute. Yeah. So it's like like all in all, phenomenal show. Like. Yeah, I was man, I was man. like I remember when we did that first episode the reaction to the trailer and I was like got to have like two seasons or something for the the first season. And I or yeah. for the, the, the just the first game and I was like I guess I'm fucking yeah. wrong because <laughs> you guys <laughs> guys did it masterfully in nine episodes yeah. and they managed to do what I love about this the most and I was thinking about this today because uh, Brett's co-host Lucy is finally playing the game for the first time on on stream nice. and I was watching it and nice. the video game and the show are two separate experiences. So like, it doesn't matter if Definitely. you've done one or the other, because like doing the other one is still going to have its own unique and impactful experience. Like Absolutely. I watched her cry today when she did that scene where Sarah died and she knew yeah. it was coming and she was like, I knew this was coming, but I just didn't expect it to hit so hard. And the show recreated oh, yeah. it so well. And I was like, this game is its, is its own experience. And that show is its own experience. And they are both top tier. 100%. Yeah. But no, I 100% agree. I think looking back on this first season of HBO's The Last of Us, I, you know, I, I'm really thrown, just, just blown away by, uh, what they managed to pull off. I, I remember our initial skepticism that they'd be able to do justice to the story of the first game in one season, but no, they, they, they really hit on everything they needed to hit on with this. And I, 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 I've, I've been good. I've been good so far. I have, I've been able to restrain myself from making too many comparisons to the halo, show, <laughs> which for, for, for me at least is like the most recent uh, video game to television adaptation before the last of us that I can think about or that I can refer to. And you know, I I'll I'll just say I I enjoyed the Halo show. I know a lot of people didn't. It was very uh, 
I guess I could say polarizing. <laughs> it was not received super well by the Halo community, by the Halo fans. But honestly, I enjoyed it. I, I had fun with it because what I, I went into it knowing like it's going to be different. Like you said, like they're different experiences. Show, game, they're going to have different strengths, different things that are special about them. I knew it was going to be a, a, a spin on what, what I'm familiar with, but I still think the Halo show just missed the mark on the vibe and the spirit of what makes Halo special. They, 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 they had a lot of things I liked. Like, I think they, they incorporated a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of the flavor. They, they brought a lot of stuff from the Halo books, like the novels that I'm really a big fan of. So they, they knew what they were, they, they knew what they were doing in terms of, um, the source material in, informing the story of the show, but they still, I feel like there just wasn't the soul of Halo really, informing everything about the show whereas you know looking at the last of us like it's it's immaculate the the way that the vibe of the game was recreated in this in this television show so i think that's really the strength of having the game director just in the driver's seat right there with the show director kind of like you know working really collaboratively with you know what do we bring in that's a one-to-one you know pulled directly from the show what do we tweak what do we leave out what do we what do we add in that wasn't there before it was um you know it was a it was one of those you know dishes that you know two chefs kind of came to you know a, a group of chefs kind of came together and uh all the flavors complement yes. each other and uh that's that's not easy to pull off like i think anyone will tell you that the video game to either movie or show adaptation is very hard to pull off it's been done well a precious yeah. few times, but this is one of them. If yeah. you ask me. Big yeah. Time. And it's like, you know, we've all seen like the previous star Wars trilogy. We got two people vying for power, destroying each other. And like, yeah. this is an example of, of two, like of, you know, a group of people, but two people at the top who really mm-hmm. knew how to work together. Cause like in the, the, um, after credits and everything for this episode, uh, Craig Mazin was saying how Neil Druckmann told him early on, about like, hey, this is these were things that we originally planned for Ellie's mother in the game, but they ultimately got scrapped. And he was like, oh, shit, that's like really good. We should open the last episode with that. And that's why they did it. Mm -hmm. And then in the same respect, Neil Druckmann has that same openness. So like when he was like, hey, for Sam's character, because of the relationship that Sam and Henry have for one another, I think it would be a good idea to make Sam deaf and have him played by a deaf actor because that way, um, you know, there's this new level of dependency that's created because ASL isn't going to be prominent in this type of world. And so like that mm-hmm. kind of strengthens their bond. And Neil Druckmann was like, that's something that I should have put in the game. So it's like, here are these two people that are working together and not too proud of their own accomplishments where it's like, you know, eh, well, eh, fuck your yeah. idea, fuck your idea. And then we get a whole messy yeah. ass show. Right. So it's like no conflict. I was like, if you guys need to keep working together because like you guys are, are making some, some good shit. Yeah. Th- this season is truly a product of synthesis between creators who like respected each other's work and were able to just really meet, you know, meet each other where they were meet in the middle and, uh, create something beautiful together so i'm i'm psyched for season two i i'm like a little nervous how they're i know that the last of us part two as a video game was also something that was kind of polarizing i know that there was you know the the story of that of of the sequel to the game it's gonna be it's gonna be tricky i'm i'm excited to see what they do with it though i did hear that uh it's going to that'll actually be an expanded thing so i think that'll be a multiple season project 
yeah, they're going to take at least two seasons to cover the story of The Last of Us Part Two, which is uh, promising. Like that, that'll hopefully give them more room to explore all the themes and all the places that story goes. Yes. So that's exciting. It's yeah, very exciting. Well, that about wraps it up. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please take a second to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us grow the show. And be sure to connect with us on Twitch, Instagram, and Twitter at lore underscore party. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time.